This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast, the podcast that aims to start conversations about the oneness and unity of God and about the humanity of Jesus. My name is Dustin Smith, and as always, I will be your host. This is episode 297, entitled The Johannine Jesus' Use of I Am He. And this is part three of three. We've been doing this ongoing series. We've been looking at what the phrase I am he means in the mouth of these speakers in the Old Testament, in the mouth of speakers in Judaism, and now in the mouth of Jesus in our four New Testament Gospels. We looked at Mark, we looked at Matthew, we looked at Luke, and we've spent the previous two episodes looking at the Gospel of John. In this week's episode, we will finish up the final five instances in which a speaker in the Gospel of John says the phrase, I am he. Now, I said a speaker will say it because, as we will soon indicate, there is another human being who says, I am he, who says the phrase, ego me, in the Gospel of John. And we need to take into account why the author of the Gospel of John will allow someone other than Yahweh, to say, I am he. So this week's episode will, of course, examine these final five occurrences in which Jesus says, I am he. They will take place in chapters 9 through 21. We, of course, have looked at all the occurrences in the first eight chapters in our previous two episodes. See episodes 200. 95 and 296. Now we are specifically looking at the places where there is no predicate given after the statement ego in me. So we are intentionally excluding from our study the seven times when Jesus will say I am and then include a title like I am the door, I am the good shepherd, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine, etc. So we're focusing specifically on the I am he references, the places to where a speaker will say, go in me. So when Jesus actually says, I am he, is he claiming to be Yahweh, the only true God? Or is there a more plausible interpretation that makes better sense of the available evidence and the context within the fourth gospel. Let's find out on this week's episode of the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. First point today is the use of I am he in John chapters 9 through 21. I mentioned that in our previous two episodes, we looked at all of the occurrences in chapters 1 through 8. So in John chapter 9, we have somebody saying, I am he. But this occurrence is not actually Jesus saying it. It is another human being who is saying it. And we have to include this reference in our study of the Gospel of John to indicate the sort of freedom that John gives for people other than God to actually say this sort of phrase. Let's look at the context. So starting in John chapter 9, verse 6, it says that Jesus spat on the ground and made clay with the spittle, and he applied the clay 
to his eyes and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So the blind man went away and washed and came back seeing. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously saw him as a beggar were saying, Is not this the one who used to sit and beg? Others were saying, This is he. Still others were saying, No, but he is like him. But he kept saying, I am he. That's John chapter 9, verses 6 through 9. So here we have the blind man who has just been healed by Jesus. Jesus performed a miracle that gave sight to this blind beggar. And now he's able to see and the people who are present are having a discussion, a disagreement, whether this is actually the guy that used to sit and beg or if he is just someone who looks like him. But when the blind man, the formerly blind man, is going to give an account for himself, he says, I am he, which in Greek is ego in me. Now, the question in context is, who is this guy that is now obviously able to see? Is this the guy that was the blind beggar that we used to know? And they're asking that question, and he seems to be affirming that sort of question. I am he. It is I. I am the guy. I'm the one that you're clearly talking about in the context. So this seems to be the use of the phrase I am he in a casual, self-referential manner. And this formerly blind man, this beggar, is not just saying it one time. When we look in the Greek, it indicates that he was saying it over and over and over. He uses the imperfect tense, eleion. It says in Greek, eleion oti ego emi. He was saying. Now, my translation says that he kept saying, but the point is that he didn't just say it one time. He was saying over and over and over and over again, I am he, I am he, I am he, I am he. And there's no indication that this beggar is claiming to be Yahweh. No one accuses him of blasphemy. No one thinks that, well, you're not allowed to say that because that's only something that God can say. It's understood by the crowds, and of course it's understood by the author of the Gospel of John, that human beings can legitimately say, I am he, in a casual, self-referential manner. And that is obviously clear in this instance in John chapter 9. And that's universally recognized by commentators on the Gospel of John. So we need to point that out because this is just one of many human beings who within the scriptures and also within Judaism, who said, I am he, in a way that was casually pointing out to the people in the conversation that I'm the guy you're talking about. It's me. It is I. I am the person in discussion here. Clearly. Let's move to the next passage. The next passage at least has Jesus making the claim, I am he. So the next passage is in John chapter 13. So this is starting in verse 18, and Jesus says, I do not speak to all of you. I know the ones I have chosen, but it is that the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats my bread has lifted up his heel against me. From now on, I am telling you before it comes to pass, 
so that when it does occur, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. That's John 13, verses 18 through 20. So the context here is at the Last Supper to where Jesus is washing the feet of the disciples. And Jesus indicates here that there is going to be someone who's going to betray him. And when this happens, Jesus says, you may believe that I am he. Now, what he means by this is not entirely clear. So we have to look in the context to see what actually is being meant by this. I don't think this is just a casual self-reference because he seems to indicate that, look, somebody here is going to betray me. When that happens, and I'm betrayed seemingly to the point of death, you're going to know that I am he. Well, I don't think this is a casual self-reference. It must mean something else. It's still the Greek phrase, egoimi, but what is meant by the context? Well, let's start by looking in the context where Jesus cites a passage of Scripture. So, he's indicating that Scripture may be fulfilled when this takes place. And the passage from which Jesus quotes is Psalm 41, verses 9 through 10. And this passage says, Even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. But you, O Yahweh, be gracious to me and raise me up, that I may repay them. That's Psalm 41, verses 9 through 10. And Jesus is citing this passage, particularly 41, verse 9. But what's interesting about this passage is that it indicates that the psalmist, the speaker in the psalm, is a persecuted guy, he's a persecuted man, who is particularly betrayed by his own friend, his friend with whom he shares table fellowship. But he calls out to God, and he petitions God, who, by the way, is someone that the psalmist is distinguished from, and he says to Yahweh, be gracious to me and raise me up. So the speaker is not Yahweh. The speaker is not the only true God. The speaker is someone who is distinguished from the only true God. So when Jesus is citing this passage, he seems to indicate that, like the psalmist, he is being betrayed by one of his kinsmen, someone who has eaten his bread, and this person is, of course, going to lift up his heel against him, that is, going to attack him in a way that he's not expecting. But citing the passage indicates that Jesus believes that he will be vindicated by God, specifically by Yahweh. And so if Jesus is citing this passage where the psalmist distinguishes himself from Yahweh, then I think Jesus believes that he himself is also distinguished from Yahweh. So it's unlikely that when Jesus is saying, I am he, that he is meaning, I am Yahweh, when the nearest reference is a quotation of a psalmist who is distinguished from Yahweh. And if you look a little further in verse 20, Jesus says that he who receives whom I send receives me, that is, the agents of Jesus, those would be his disciples. And then Jesus says, 
He who receives me receives him who sent me, indicating that Jesus himself is a sent agent, an agent who is authorized by, obviously, God, by the Father, by Yahweh. So we have the clues right before the reference, egoimi, and we have the clues of the verse after Jesus says egoimi, and we can draw some conclusions on what he means by this. He says that when this comes to pass, you may believe that I am he. It seems that egoimi here, out of the mouth of Jesus, indicates that he is the authorized agent of the Father, that is, Jesus is the authorized agent of Yahweh, and this agent is someone who's going to be rejected, he's going to suffer, and clearly he's going to die, meaning he's a mortal. And of course, Yahweh is not someone who is mortal. Yahweh is immortal. So Jesus does say it here, and I think that it's something a little bit more than a casual self-reference, but I don't think it's a reference to Jesus claiming to be Yahweh. He clearly distinguishes himself from Yahweh in the verse before, and in the verse after his claim to be I am he. Let's move to our final references. There are three instances where Jesus I am he all cluster together at his arrest in John chapter 18. Let's look at this lengthy passage. We're going to start in verse 3. John 18 verse 3 says, Judas then, having received the Roman cohort, and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. So Jesus, knowing all the things that were coming upon him, went forth and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus the Nazarene. He said to them, I am he. And Judas also, who was betraying him, was standing with them. So when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Therefore, he again asked them, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus the Nazarene. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these go their way to fulfill the word which he spoke. Of those whom you have given me, I lost not one. Simon Peter, then having a sword, drew it, and struck the high priest's slave, and cut off his right ear, and the slave's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put the sword into its sheath. The cup which the Father has given me, shall I not drink it? That's John 18, verses 3 through 11. So we have three times here where Jesus is unashamedly claiming, I am he. And I think this is again a pretty clear reference that Jesus is making a casual self-reference. We can see in the context that Jesus asks, Whom do you seek? And they answer, Jesus the Nazarene. And Jesus says to them, It is I. Jesus answering specifically that I am Jesus the Nazarene. I am the person whom you are seeking. Now some people will point out and they'll say, well, look at what Jesus does when he says, I am he, the people fall down. Certainly he must have some sort of powerful speech. Maybe that's an indicator, some sort of secret, implicit indicator that when he says, I am he, he is making a claim to be Yahweh. But I think that's reading a little too much into the text. We know that the Gospel of John portrays Jesus as the embodiment 
of the powerful speech and utterance of the true God, John 1.14. So if Jesus is the embodiment of God's words, then of course the words of Jesus are certainly powerful enough to knock people down. That much is certainly true. I think that's a pretty plausible and reasonable answer based on the constant way that the speech of Jesus is understood as authoritative, but specifically it's the speech that Jesus received from the Father. We also can see from this passage that Jesus is again distinguishing himself from God. Jesus says that he is trying to fulfill the word which he spoke of those whom you have given me, I lost no one, indicating that someone gave these disciples to Jesus. Well, who gave the disciples to Jesus? That person is God. And Jesus describes that person as a single person, by the way. You have given me. A singular pronoun. And then Jesus commands Peter to put the sword away because the cup which the Father has given me, shall I not drink it? So we see the person who has given Jesus the cup of suffering that Jesus voluntarily takes upon himself is the Father. So Jesus is not claiming to be God. He's differentiating himself from the person who gave to him the disciples, and Jesus defines that person as the Father. And so it seems that Jesus, by saying, I am he, he is answering the question regarding the fact that they are looking for Jesus the Nazarene. We could see that multiple times. He asked them, whom do you seek? And they respond, Jesus the Nazarene, not once, but twice in the context. So Jesus is not claiming to be Yahweh here. He's just simply answering the fact that these members of the Roman cohort and the officers who are coming out while it's dark outside, they're looking for Jesus. They don't know who he is. And so Jesus identifies himself as the person that they're looking for. It's not like they can spot him out of a crowd. He has to say, it is I, I am he, when they indicate that they have come to look for Jesus the Nazarene. So those are the final five occurrences of the phrase egoimi in the Gospel of John. And if we account for this episode and our previous two episodes, we have looked at all of the occurrences of somebody claiming, I am he, within the Gospel of John. So I want to take a little bit of time here to draw some conclusions based on the fourth Gospel's use of I am he. This is our second point for today's podcast. And I have subsection A for this list of conclusions, and we can see that I think everyone can agree that the Gospel of John regularly distinguishes God and Jesus, and in doing so, it calls them respectively uh, the Father, that's the title that's given to God, and the Son is the title that's given to Jesus. So Jesus regularly distinguished from God in the Gospel of John. We can also agree that when the Father says, I am he, that he is pointing to his own unrivaled position as the only true God. This much is clear in the references in the Hebrew Bible, particularly in Deuteronomy and in Isaiah. We can also note that the phrase, I am he, in its Hebrew rendering, in its Aramaic rendering, and in its Greek rendering, define the speaker as one single person. 
Multiple persons cannot collectively say, I am he. When a speaker says, I am he, he is indicating that he is only one person and not a person more than the number one. That's how the grammar works and functions. And it works that way in all three of the languages. We can also note that Jews allowed for human beings to say, I am he, in a casual manner, as a self-reference, without any sort of fear that uttering this statement could be potentially misunderstood as the speaker claiming to be Yahweh himself. There's no indication that there was any sort of reluctant fear that if I say this, I might be accused of claiming to be the God of Israel. We also noted that the first time Jesus says, I am he, in the Gospel of John, it was specifically to clarify his identity as the Christ, as the Messiah, the one who was speaking in the context of the conversation with the Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman says, I know that Christ is coming, the Messiah, and when he comes, he's going to reveal the things to us. And Jesus says, I am he, the one speaking to you. John 4, verse 26. We've also noticed that in the Gospel of John, Jesus said, I am he, in order to casually let others know that he is the person that they're looking for, or he is the person that they would recognize him at if he called attention to his identity. So Jesus also used the phrase in a casual manner. We notice today that the Gospel of John allows another human being, a blind man, a blind beggar, to say, I am he, in a casual, self-referential way. And the Gospel of John indicates that this blind man claimed, I am he, over and over again, many times, according to the imperfect tense of the Greek verb. And lastly, it's pretty clear at this point, having looked at all the occurrences, that Jesus never claims the phrase, I am he, in a manner that takes upon himself a claim to be Yahweh within the Gospel of John, not even claiming it in a capacity to, to be an agent. Jesus, when he claims, I am he, it's either to indicate that I am the Messiah, or it's a casual self-reference indicating that he is the person that is being discussed in the context of the given conversation. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Join us next week as we dedicate an entire episode to the human figures who said, I am he, in this casual, self-referential manner. We'll collect all the data, well, all the data we can fit into one episode, and we will present it as its own self-sustained presentation. So please look forward to our next episode. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider supporting us as we aim to promote the sound truths about the oneness and unity of God and about the humanity of Jesus. You can help us tremendously by giving us a review on iTunes to help others find the podcast, by sharing your favorite episodes with your friends, and by subscribing on YouTube. If you'd like to offer a financial donation, check out the episode's description for a link to PayPal. The Biblical Unitarian Podcast is produced and edited by Dustin Williams. I am Dustin Smith, your host. Until next time, please take care.